Societies metabolize energy and material flows in order to remain operational. This process is referred to as societal metabolism, similar to that of living organisms which require a certain series of complex chemical reactions within their systems to function, societal metabolism is used to characterize the pattern of energy and material flows that can be associated with the expression of functions and reproduction of structures of human societies. The metabolism of human societies is based on exosomatic energy use, energy metabolized under human control outside the human body, an extended form of endosomatic energy, energy metabolized inside the human form. The concept of metabolism arose in the 19th century in the writings of Molescott, von Liebig, Bausengalt, Arrhenius, and Podolinsky, denoting the exchange of energy and substances between organisms and the environment and the totality of biochemical reactions in living systems. To give examples, these systems could be a biological cell, a legal system, and or the capitalist state. They are referred to as autopoietic systems, meaning that they are capable of reproducing and maintaining themselves. Marx and Engels were among the first to utilize the term metabolism to grapple with the dynamics of socio-environmental change and evolution. Today, there are various perceptions of the term metabolism. The Vienna School of Social Metabolism conducts material and energy flow analyses of economies focusing on historical transitions between agricultural and industrial economies and the quantification of such flows. In political ecology, the notion of metabolism has been invoked to signal the rift between humans and nature under capitalism, the social power relations that govern the flow of materials and resources in the production of urban spaces, or the increase in the global flows of energy and materials that cause conflict in the world's commodity frontiers. This entry, however, focuses on a different approach called societal metabolism, developed by Mario Giampietro and Kozo Mayumi. Societal metabolism does not focus only on the quantification of flows, but in establishing a relation between flows and the agents that transform input flows into outflows, while maintaining and preserving their own identity. These elements are referred to as fund elements originating from the definition of bioeconomics of Georgesco Rogan. So, for example, in the production of automobiles, the materials, aluminum, steel, energy consumed in assemblage and in the extraction of the raw materials, and the water used in these processes would be the flows, whereas the human activity, the workers, the land, and the capital machinery would be the funds. Societal metabolism, therefore, connects funds and flows to generate indicators characterizing specific features of the system. Examples of such metabolic indicators are energy input per hour of labor or water consumed per hectare of land production. Societal metabolism focuses on the biophysical processes that guarantee the production and consumption of goods and services. What is produced how it is produced, the purpose for which it is produced, and by whom it is consumed. This is then linked to the analysis of the production of added value. Hence, the analysis marks an approach that establishes a link between monetary representations of the economic process 
and a representation of the biophysical transformations associated with the production and consumption of goods and service. This is an integrated analysis taking into account multiple dimensions such as demographic factors and the issue of multiple scales, coexistence of different space and time scales of the economies analyzed. The characterization of the societal metabolism of a country, for instance, is based on typical quantitative indicators used as points of reference, called benchmarks, against which the biophysical or economic performance of a system may be assessed. Depending on their organization and the specific functions that they carry out, different societies exhibit different metabolic profiles. Such benchmarks may refer to the socioeconomic side, for example, energy consumption per hour of activity in the service sector, or to the ecological side, for example, consumption of water in the agricultural sector per hectare of sustainability. There is great variation among the metabolism of European countries in terms of energy flow rates per hour of work in the productive sectors. For example, in the energy, mining, construction, and manufacturing sectors, energy throughput per hour can range from 130 to 1,000 megajoules per hour. Likewise, there is a great variation of labor productivity in these sectors, ranging from 10 to 50 euros per hour. Accordingly, the metabolic profiles of economies with a well-developed extractive industry, such as Finland and Sweden, generally show higher rates of energetic throughput, with higher labor productivity in the productive sectors. These differences originate from a combination of external and internal constraints and manifest the historic pathways of different countries. Societal metabolism has had a long history in the literature of energetics since the 1970s, focusing on the analysis of biophysical constraints acting upon societies. However, it was left aside in the discussions over sustainability, mostly due to the abundance of cheap oil and the loss of interest in the limits of growth and energy. Energetics and the analysis of societal metabolism have regained momentum in the last decade, as academics once again seek for innovative conceptual tools capable of analyzing society-environment interactions from a biophysical perspective. In light of degrowth, analysis of societal metabolism comes on as an approach useful for assessing the feasibility and desirability of proposed alternative modes of development and the viability of economic downscaling from an energetic and materials perspective. From a metabolic standpoint, there are several challenges that remain to be addressed within degrowth proposals. Primarily, it is important to note that current societal functions and their associated metabolic patterns are based on the exploitation of fossil fuel as a principal energy source. Fossil fuels are a source with a high output yield and quality. The advent of fossil fuels has dramatically reduced the amount of energy, labor, and technical capital going into the production of useful energy itself. Thus, modern societies have been able to achieve their current level of complexity with the surplus of time that cheap sources of energy yield. However, as we reach peak oil, a switch to lower quality energy alternatives directly implies a dramatic requirement for and increase in the amount of energy, labor, and technical capital diverted to energy production itself, renewable or other, in order to sustain the metabolic pattern of society and the complex structures that they have attained. To meet the requirements of socioeconomic systems such as the contemporary ones in the global north, which operate with high economic diversity, 
high dependency ratios and high percentage-wise contributions of the service sector in the economy, it is likely that more workers and more working hours will be required to maintain the current metabolic patterns of societies as fossil fuels dwindle. This points to a contradiction within the degrowth proposal, which calls for reducing working hours, work sharing. In a future scarce in energy, we will have to work more, not less. Additionally, even if voluntary reductions of affluence are achieved, as degrowthers want, there are no robust studies showing that this will lead to a global reduction in energy or material consumption. Given a rising global population and their affiliated levels of growing consumption patterns. As countries such as China, India, and Brazil and their populations acquire a higher level of prosperity, their material and energetic requirements will increase considerably, possibly outpacing the gains from energy efficiencies or voluntary reductions of consumption in the global north. Moreover, the phenomenon of the Jevons paradox challenges the efficacy of the voluntary reductions that degrowthers espouse. A voluntary reduction of energy consumption in some activities or by some people will tend to be compensated by an increase in energy consumption in other activities or other people. The biophysical view of societal metabolism warns about the limitations of degrowth strategies based on voluntary consuming fewer resources, less energy, or less capital. These will not suffice on their own.